Welcome to Reimagine Success. We're a husband and wife team that want the most out of life. Most people don't stop to celebrate their successes enough. This causes burnout, stress, anxiety, and can even lead to health issues. It's our mission to encourage people to realize all the good things in their lives. We share knowledge that encourages, motivates, and inspires you to live your best life by changing the way we all view success. Together we can figure out what it truly means to live our best lives. Welcome, Welcome to, to Season 3 of Reimagine Success. Welcome to Reimagine Success in 2023. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe 2023 is here. It is 2022 is just crazy. Oh, 2023 is going to be amazing. <laughs> 22 is was so amazing. We had so much going on in 2022. Um Deadly Crimson is going full steam ahead. Mm -hmm. The comic books are coming back. We're so excited and Jesse's music was ranked some of the highest that has ever been in his life. Yeah. He had two albums come out. Uh, actually three albums, three four albums, albums cuz yeah. I had an EP, a meditation album, then two full-length albums plus a Christmas single. So it was a busy busy year. Yes. And not only that, but Creative Global Entertainment has grown so massively. We mm. cannot even just our gratitude for everyone who supports everything that we're doing. All of our clients who have signed up with us in 2022, just thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We truly appreciate it. It's been so amazing just having such a community of like-minded people um, you know, supporting each other and guiding each other. And we're just, we're building a team here. We're building a community. Yeah. And 2023 is going to be no exception. It's going to be huge. So make sure you're keeping up with everything that we do by following us on all your social media platforms at reimagine success pod you can get behind the scenes and bonus content from all of our episodes plus video episodes mm -hmm. if you prefer to watch your episodes rather than listen to them head over to patreon see my little silly faces <laughs> head over to patreon.com slash creative global and get all of that content there we're so glad that you're joining us on this journey and today we've got an unbelievable guest that we're super excited about We've got Jan Cavell, who is an entrepreneur from the UK who has a few decades of running micro and small businesses behind her. She's very familiar with all the challenges that go with that, having started one from the kitchen table with her while her children were small when she was a single mother to go on to build that into a multi-million turnover business. Mm. Jan has put her entrepreneurial experiences together with her passion for writing together a book aimed at helping entrepreneurs to grow their businesses during the big leap of one to 10 million. Mm. The book is called Scale for Success and is now out in the UK, US, and Australia, published by Bloomsbury, and her second will be out in this year, uh, 2023. So we are super excited about that. Welcome to the podcast, Jan. So glad to have you. Welcome. Jesse, Melissa, thank you so much. And thank you to all your listeners for me being on here and you listening to me. I'm as grateful as you both are. Oh, uh, thank you. We're, I love we're really that. excited. We've had a couple of hiccups trying to get you on. We had to reschedule a couple of times. So I'm glad we actually got to make this happen and, <laughs> and that we got you on because you've got a great story to tell. And we're really excited about that. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background information, how you got started, where you came from. Uh, clearly, you're from the UK, so you've got a little <laughs> bit different life perspective than many of our listeners here in the US. And so we'd love to hear about it. 
Well, I think that's true. I think um, the US has a, a, a much bigger growth, go for it, huge um, sort of approach to business probably than a part of the UK does. So we're going much more uh, fast growth now. I think that's one of the changes that's taken place. Mm-hmm. But um, we can we can talk more generally later on. Uh, I promise to tell you a little bit about my journey. Yeah, um, not not your your normal one. Uh, I was very much an accidental entrepreneur Mm. because I guess I grew up, I mean, if I'd wanted to be anything as a child, it was a writer, but I didn't really anticipate having a career. I was very much brought up to get married and have children, Mm. which I was fine with, but I mean, it was just, we knew no different. That was the background at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was only when I started to work while I was sort of hanging around waiting for that to happen um that I realized that I really hated going out to work and working for other people (laughs) me too (laughs) you you if if you hated it just you know you're in the wrong place Mm -hmm. and so I didn't really mind what I did providing I didn't do that (laughs) you know any option of doing freelance work was fine by me and I did do a lot of it. I worked in all sorts of strange things from selling sandwiches around offices, which I made <laughs> at home in the kitchen. You wouldn't be allowed to do any of that now. Right. Um, <laughs> in Ziploc bags. <laughs> Tell me it was in Ziploc, Ziploc uh, bags. <laughs> I, I dread to think what it was back then. <laughs> um, it, was, it was, yeah. Um, it, you know, there weren't any rules and regs hardly existed, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did I do? I, I indeed, same kitchen. I ran a cook, cooking catering business for a while with somebody. I did a lot of sales work for it, usually freelancing, selling on the phone, mm-hmm. selling wine for quite a while. Got involved in picture research, which was an interesting one for books. Um, that was slightly different. Hmm. But yeah, any, anything that I could work from home, clock my own hours and not go to some got really dreadful, grotty office where some idiot, in my opinion, told me <laughs> what to do. <laughs> no, we love that because we are all about um, making sure that you're mm-hmm. you're doing something that feeds your soul. And so many people do exactly what you just yeah. said. They go to a dreadful job every single day with some idiot telling them what to do. <laughs> and they they punch the clock and they sit there for their eight to nine hours to 12 hours, however long they're going to work that day. And they're miserable and they come home and they're just not living life the way they want to. So it's really awesome that you realized, hey, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I got to do something different. So you, you, you went from working all these jobs and then you, or to starting all these, uh, yeah, these, uh, but uh, you know, actually working a lot of different jobs and, and I've done the same thing. Very good experience. Yes. It's it's so good experience. It it helps you stay out of the box, like Mm -hmm. with out of the box ideas. Um, and you know, it keeps you involved in so many different platforms. Definitely. Cause, cause my, I've worked- my first ever job was yeah. for a big, quite well-known PR company. And I was sacked after, needless to say, after about two, two months, um, <laughs> out I was for doing heinous things like sending a rude internal memo about the client to the client and things like that. But, <laughs> uh, but the fact remains that two months, 
um, of being in a PR firm taught me so much about PR. I've never used yeah. a PR firm since, you know, always done it myself because it grounded me. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. Moving mm -hmm. around can give you so much knowledge. Yeah. yeah. It's not and all bad. Don't listen to people when you've got a bad job record. It'll come later. Right. You know, because a lot of people think that when you're moving around jobs and you can't keep a job, it's, it's because you're the lack you're responsible, right? You know, you're, you have the, but it's actually, you're learning so much about so many different things that it ultimately is going to mold you into who you are today. Absolutely. Providing you're a learner, uh, you know, mm -hmm. if you're just sort of uh, moving around because you don't want to go to work mm -hmm. and don't work when you are there and don't bother to learn, then that's not going to do you any good. But if, if you actually open your ears and do learn a bit, it's, it's just a huge experience. And as you say, molding you into who you are today, it's wonderful. Yeah. Now you started all of this by being an entrepreneur. You had small littles at home. What was that like? And and how was it being a mother and, you know, trying to get your businesses off the ground? Well, that that was prior to motherhood, the period I was talking about before. But mm -hmm. when I got divorced, as these things happen, um, I had um, two kids and they were about um, seven and five at the time so very young still and mm -hmm. a bit fragile at the time and I looked at the state of the children and I thought I don't want to go out to work and leave them right now they've had enough shock and also you know you know me and going out to work I don't think that's very good <laughs> <laughs> so what on earth can I do instead because I need to, you know some serious money now because mm -hmm. I was really up against it yeah because um, for complicated reasons I didn't have any um, but I did have the children so it was back to thinking I can sell on the phone because then you can be around um, for the children and juggle the hours and, you know, when they're at nursery or whatever they were at, one of them was at nursery at the time. And, you know, those are your working hours. You can, kids grow up amazingly adaptably. If anybody's worried about, um, you know, w working on children's time, actually they understand about mummy having to work mm -hmm. very yeah. early, you know, providing you say, I'm going to work now if you have a play or whatever you do. But, you know, at three o'clock, it's your time and we'll go and do this. I think that's, there's nothing wrong in that at all. I think it's okay to work and be a mom myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of, there's a lot of single moms out there, you know, who, um, they, they do go off to work and maybe they have to get a nanny or maybe they have to put it in, yeah. put the kid in daycare and, you know, um, it, 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 and, and each thing is, it's its own acceptable way, you sure. know, in order to parenthood. But I love the fact that you are able to stay home and you are able to work, you know, and take care of the kids and you had set schedules, um, I, I love that. Yeah, I think that's the important thing that mm -hmm. you said that I really, really loved is that you said, OK, I'm going to work until this time. And then once we get to this time, that's your time. And right. yeah. and you're you're carving out intentional time to spend with your kids, because a lot of people, they just work, 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 work and see the kids when they can, you yeah. know, that single or, or married. Dinner time. Like, yeah, like dinner time comes up and then you sit down and you're like, hey, how was your day? Good. How was your day? Good. OK, <laughs> the food is good. 
okay, what is other than good? Did you yeah. <laughs> did you do anything else during the day? And that's kind of how we are with our kids as well. We we try to make sure that we're always having intentional time mm-hmm. that we're spending with them, actually creating memories, yeah. you know, doing things that are meaningful versus just having a quantity of time that's not as meaningful. Yes. And, you know, we even sit down and we'll have lunch. We'll have, you know, a work lunch where mm-hmm. everybody comes together and we have lunch together and we talk about what's going on, you know, in the kid, the kids' lives and our life for the short amount of time for the day. And then at the end of the day, we have family time and game night and, you know, we yeah. have activities. So it's very important to it's have a family. And I think you'd regret it terribly if you didn't too, you know. Absolutely. I mean, obviously it's it's tricky when you're up against it, but, you know, at least if you can get some value in for, for both sides, it's it's precious time. It really is. Yeah. And so you're 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 here you're a single mother you're trying to build this business you're you're sitting at the kitchen table making the calls and doing all the things and so what was the biggest struggle that you started facing initially while building your business ignorance i think probably um mm-hmm. you know because I, I mean yes i've done all these you know sort of itty bitty businesses but i ha- i had never learned anything about business i mean most of those were very much sort of not cash flow oriented if i mean if i was selling wine i would get paid you know i didn't get the money in they paid directly so i would just get uh, you know that part of my paycheck at the end of the month on commission uh if i was selling sandwiches around offices i mean i would tend to do that and this is worse than the kitchen by uh, putting with goods on tick at the corner shop uh, on <laughs> credit in the morning and going and paying them off in the afternoon with the profits you know i mean so cash flow was solved you know there really wasn't anything to much to learn in those sort of jobs um apart from what i picked up particularly about sales for example when i'd done worked in sales jobs that was useful pr and so so on and so forth Mm -hmm. but business school or anything formal had completely passed me by yeah so so yeah i was pretty ignorant i knew how to sell and I was going to get those orders and nothing was going to stop me because that's what the kids needed. Mm. Um, but but when it became um, so to, to, to building a business, which it didn't initially because things were slow. I mean, you know, it was not actually a very good time. It was the sort of 90s recession. So mm-hmm. it was it was a tough time to, to start a business. And, so, you know, there were only... X number of hours I could work and on all sorts of things. And actually what I was was buying and producing wasn't very good either. Um, you know, and it was right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So so for all those reasons and many more, um, it was it was definitely a slow burn start. But you know, as the kids got older and therefore I, you know, you get more time, they're staying late at school or they're staying mm-hmm. all day at school. I mean, that's liberating initially. And then, you know, they want to go to theater club or whatever or up with their friends in the evening all of a sudden you've got a completely different amount of time mm. and and that for me was the moment that you know I was starting to think okay well you know now what do I do with this business mm. um you know should, should I be a proper business person <laughs> I didn't think I was you know yeah um and uh, just just by chance, I was buying um, most of the product, products I was using from one small company. And he knocked on my door on Friday afternoon saying, you know, I, I've got to see you, I've got to see you. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and uh, come in. <laughs> and he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm stopping work this weekend. Hmm. And I went, okay, you're going anywhere nice. You know, I mean, it never occurred to me what he was saying. And he was literally decided to close his business. And, and oh, go. Wow. oh, my gosh. So, um, which was a huge problem for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the only answer was, like I say, luckily I'd been vaguely thinking about it, very vaguely. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, was to say to him, would you be interested in me taking it over, buying you out? And, I mean, I hadn't even been specifically thinking of his business and where I ought to grow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, it was but it came in. It came into go. your lap. You you have to. Accept. It did sort of, yeah. yeah. But, you know, but it, in a in a really scary sort of way because I mean, you know, he said, "Oh, I don't know. I don't uh, don't think so. I'm on stop now." And I said, "Well, let's make a deal now because it was clearly, you know, it wasn't going to exist on the Monday." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so I was sort of making my first big business decision, big huge life changing one wow and now uh one second were you doing this all by yourself yeah 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 wow okay i was waiting to go on the school run you know yeah yeah. talk about it but you know i really need to go yeah that's amazing (laughs) i mean it was it was a really pressurized decision huge decision um you know involving lots of money i didn't have um (laughs) um, right that's a huge decision but, but it was that, or I really didn't know how else I was going to keep going, you know, because I didn't have a source and I would just let so many clients down because they were expecting goods and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And what but, field um, What field were you working in at this time? What, oh, I was, what? well, I, I had started doing a little bit of manufacturing, but I was supplying furniture to interior designers. Okay. Okay. Wow. Very um, cool. And so, so the business that that you were buying from was a furniture bu- business. He- Not entirely. He okay. he was uh, a uh, cabinet maker. Okay. And okay. for for some years, actually, I mean, I suppose I skipped that bit, but I'd managed to set up a very small finishing shop. So so we'd done the finishing myself self and. Preferably not myself, but occasionally. Um, <laughs> and I have no talent there either. Um, but, uh, it's hard work. That is hard. Yeah, I mean, it was occasionally, but it was also fun. You know, it was working with people you liked. You know, I tend to work at home, but, you know, but I trusted them and they did the job and then we'd meet up and have a meal together or a laugh or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was all very easy because it was all very small. Um, and and there weren't sort of huge sums involved or anything else. I mean, to some extent at that stage, despite there being two other people, it would have been as easy to walk away from it as it would from any of the micro businesses I was used to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, so it only became much bigger after all of a sudden I had two businesses. Oh. And wondered what to do because I had uh, the the making. So I was still working at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the making side way off that side. <laughs> and then I had the finishing side way off there. Yeah. And the children, of course, need to say we're going to school in a completely different direction. <laughs> you know, so I was just, uh, I was just going crazy. Um, and regretting what I'd done in, you know, at moments and wondering how on earth to cope. And the only answer was to actually merge them. Um, and that was the start of a, a bigger business because obviously I inherited his people. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we had to get a bigger building to fit them in and you know before I knew what I was doing things moved very fast and I had a factory and (laughs) wow the whole thing grew and I ended up with two factories oh my goodness uh, that is so amazing so it's just because you an opportunity came and you said yes to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, um, so I do a lot of motivational speaking all over uh, the United States. And a, my big thing is fear is not an option because I was on the Naked and Afraid show on Discovery mm-hmm. Channel. And I survived 21 days in the Panamanian jungle. And my big tagline was fear is not an option. Yeah. And so I want to teach everyone that fear is not an option. If an opportunity comes and presents itself you say yes yeah you say yes to it you you didn't know how you were gonna say yes you 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 went on a whim you you put everything into it um you know I'm sure you were like every single day like what am I doing what am I doing what am I doing <laughs> oh, yeah. um, you know but look at what where it went and you had two factories you know you how many employees did you end up having at one stage which was the biggest we got to I think it was about 50 about wow. yeah See, I mean, and then that's impressive. You now you have 50 employees, two factories, 50 you, people's lives that are changed right? because of what you're doing, and right. you're able to give them right. employment, able to give them a salary, able to give them, yeah. you know, money equals energy and energy in their own lives mm-hmm. to be able to do what they want to do in their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Well, when you get to that size, it's it's it becomes almost sort of paper money. It's it's scary, you know, the the amount that goes in and out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as you say, it's the, the actual influence you have on people's lives, their families, you know, it's, it's heavy stuff. It really is. Yeah. We, so we have our own business as well, and we have seven employees right now, and, yeah, but, but we're, we're like, we feel the weight of, we have to do our part right or else, you know, the people around us won't be successful. So we, we, we always feel that weight and that burden and we take it very seriously as you did. And it seems like there were some things that you probably got wrong along the way. Uh, So how did you adjust when you realized that you were getting things wrong? I did. I mean, I certainly, I got a lot wrong um, <laughs> and, and I talk lots about it in everything I write, but um, yeah, I think uh, I was very sales focused for one thing, which will come as no surprise to you as I talked through my background. And I was very convinced that, you know, if you get more sales all the time, it's a very good thing. And that's the way to grow and turnover is everything um mm-hmm. and and that was that's that can be a huge mistake mm. because it isn't actually the answer necessarily it's not the most profitable necessarily mm-hmm. and you know as as i regularly find you can unless you plan it properly you end up in a place where you you know you've got all these orders but you can't really supply them very well so i think that was probably one of my constant errors and you know that came and the lack of knowledge particularly about finance uh, um, and planning and strategy which I learned more of later mm-hmm. so you know, meant I tended to, to sorry no I was just going to say so it sounds like you scaled too quickly and you couldn't keep well, up with as much as you were trying to do yeah at that stage I mean I think it was particularly um 
you know, when we started getting into factories, I mean, you're talking um, big money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And much bigger money than I expected because, curiously enough, I didn't know anything about setting up factories. But um, (laughs) with the first one, that went okay. And we were, were, like you, we were, I mean, I think we went up to about 12 in that factory, maybe 14, but it was Mm -hmm. still very manageable. It was still very startup. Mm -hmm. And that was okay. I, I, you know, I could manage that. That was lovely um, and not too too fast. But the problem was space, and and because the orders really were flooding in, and we were finding success and becoming well known very fast mm-hmm. because all the sales and marketing was successful, unlike mm. parts of it. Um, you know, the um, you know the, you know the phone just never stopped ringing. Yeah. And, you know, we hardly had to do anything proactive. I mean, it was just crazy. So, wow. you know, what do you do? You know, you think, well, you know, if you start telling customers to go away, what happens? Are you endangering business? It's very, it's a very tough one. And it was, it got particularly bad one summer. And so we were working outside a lot and a factory opposite came up, um, you know, because I'd been also thinking we can't move because I've got a massive great lease and we can't afford to, you know, two places. And, mm-hmm you know it wouldn't make sense to have two years for distance i've just moved here to, almost you know a few years ago to have everything under one roof yeah. but a factory in the same sort of quadrangle of factories came up opposite and you know like i said we were working outside and i thought you know okay we'll go for a second one mm. and i think that was the point it, it was too fast to scale mm. because yeah. it was just taking on too much we hadn't solidified it was another wham out of money, which admittedly I expected by then. But um, there were lots of problems, even on the split side. Mm. It, 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 you know, I don't know if, if you've experienced this or anybody listening has, but the moment you split um, your people up into two lots, it becomes like, like two groups of people and they don't gel and work together um, mm. as well as they used to. You've got two separate teams who go, oh, well, it's the other team's fault. You know, yeah. it's them yeah. over there. It causes, it, it, it kind of causes division within the company, even though it's one unit and one company. Yeah, it's it's very, it's strangely damaging, you know, and you wouldn't think a bit of car park down the middle would mm. make such a huge difference, but, but it mm. did. Mm. And it, you know, and I only really got to the bottom of it when a business coach came in for a session with us you're doing a management thing and you know and I said uh, I'm having all these problems and uh, he said well I know one of the reasons you all talk about them over there or us over here mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't even hear it I mean it was just normal strange. yeah yeah well you know that's that's one reason I love business coaches they come in they evaluate the big picture that a lot of times you're so in the weeds of everything that you can't see a pie sometimes because you're in the middle of it you're in the thick of it and so when you have outside eyes come in then they're like hey you know what if we pick this and we pick this you know you can have a little a clearer path and you can move forward we do the same thing with creative global entertainment we're a brand elevation marketing company 
So we, we do a lot of consultations. We do a lot of marketing evaluations. So we'll go into a business and a lot of times they don't see they're, they've been doing it the same way over and over again. That's so we're true. coming in and we're like, Hey, you know what, if we did this one little marketing, you know, step, then you will be able to get more leads. You'll funnel yeah. more leads into your channel. Or if we did this one little thing, we'll be able to get more eyes on, on your, on your brand. But it's hard to see it when you're inside of it. You, yeah. you you're blind so. to the thing. So. So like yep. you and your team were, you know, talking about those over there, just thinking, well, they're over there. So we're going to refer to yeah, them exactly. as over there. Yeah. But it, what it was doing was causing that division. So it's really yeah. great that you guys realized that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it was extraordinary. Yeah. But I don't think it ever netted. I mean, there'd always been tensions, I think, even from the start, because, of course, it started off as two businesses and it had never completely melded it might have done if we'd stayed under one building but it just what had been an uneasy truce opened up into a warfare <laughs> all right well so now what happened after you met with this business coach and how did you how did you kind of solidify the business back I, together? I mean that wasn't necessary to do with him I mean it was very good we only it was that was a session actually but I was having really more um management sessions uh, you mm -hmm. know sort of uh, for a whole team because I was forming a management team at the time um, but he is a very good coach um, and also an author um, very interesting guy if you ever came across him a guy called Nigel Risner okay but um, but yeah it, it 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 there were a lot of changes uh, you know I had it for that business for 19 years so there would be a fair amount going on yeah mm -hmm. I think uh, you know there were lots of changes for lots of reasons it was very successful and a lot of fun for a long period of time and then as I say with the second factory particularly slowly it became you know bit what what you think of as challenges initially become headaches mm -hmm. uh, and become draining and that you know I I was unsure what I wanted to do I got a very good offer for business at that point and I very nearly sold it that's mm. the guy involved still talks to me which I'm almost amazed about because um <laughs> you know we really got to a pretty near signing point and I pulled out but I you know I just wasn't quite ready but this is a problem for entrepreneurs I think yeah you know it's, it's selling their business and should they selling sell their business and yeah. how do they sell their business mm. all those things are, are, are real tough tough decisions and when um, yeah yeah because it's your baby you yeah. don't you don't want to like you yeah. you've worked all this time it's like okay do i do i get rid of it and miss out on what could happen in the future or do i just take this sum of money now and then just be happy with that and be grateful for what I built. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the chances are you'll be offered when you sell a business, you'll be offered stage payments and you start thinking, well, does that mean I'm not going to get the rest of the money? And, mm -hmm. you know, so that's an issue. And then you add up what you get and you think, well, yeah, okay, that might pay me for X number of years, but. What am I going to do I after that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? <laughs> and, and so many things, whereas I think, I mean, I will say to every entrepreneur that I, I sort of come across or coach in any way, shape, or form, which I don't very much, but um, whenever I'm speaking anyway, um, I will say always, always learn about how to sell a business. Mm -hmm. Not because you're definitely going to, but in case you need to. Right. Because if at that moment you think, 
I, I think I probably want to walk or something happens in your life, you know, personally or whatever, and you need to, and you don't know anything, then it's very tricky to make that decision. And it's mm. very easy to get um, fleeced, basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we say that all the time, educate yourself, even if you're not planning on it, educate yourself yeah. about it because when you educate yourself, like we're actually educating ourselves right now on franchising or licensing and also selling for the future, not, not necessarily for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of these ideas are roaming around in our head because as an entrepreneur, you always want to think, where is your business going? What, what are you going to do at the end? Are you going to have your business until you're 80? And, you know, and mm. then where is it going to go? Yeah, you have to have an exit plan. Right. You have to, you have to think about w- how long you want to keep going, how long you want to keep working with this particular mm. business. Um, and, and it's always a really amazing idea to have those exit plans. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I fought um, the idea of ever leaving the business for a long time, partly because I didn't want to because it was my baby. And also yeah. because for a while I thought children would probably want to join the business. And indeed, my son did for a while, for, for a few years. Hmm. And so we were toying with the, a succession business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when that became clear that it wasn't right for him at all, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it was then back to to me and did I want it um which by that time I didn't much really when it came down to it but but you know you don't expect those things um yeah. so it's not even you know you can have a, a, a succession plan or a x plan or I'll stay it till I'm 50 plan but something can crop up that catches you unawares too so, yeah. so for whatever reason the, the most important thing is is to know how I think yes the how is so important yeah it really is so at what point did you were you able to actually take the step to sell this as a multi-million dollar turnover believe it or not I mean I I went through various um after after the really good offer that I should have taken um and would have been so useful in so many ways because there were various things attached to it I, I then decided I'd go on and it made sense to go on because it would sort of pay my pension and, you know, mm. and, you know, it's all those things if you never should do a business unless your heart's in it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, it was just horrible. <laughs> it was a horrible few <laughs> years. And so I, every so often I would toy with selling it and gradually, you know, the people interested got worse because the word got out, which happens, and that I might be persuaded. And so you came up against more mm. difficult people. Yeah. And and the whole thing just became unpleasant on all sides. And in the end, I just, well, I didn't walk, uh, walk away totally, but um, I struck a deal with a competitor who took on bits of it, the brand, the designs, the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't want the buildings because they were too far away, um, which solved that problem. And I just walked because, which which everybody was gasping about because, mm-hmm. you know, having had a business that was, you know, worth a lot. I mean, so another reason I preached to, to other people about know your staff because I really should have cut earlier and, and recognised that it was the right moment when mm-hmm. I, and I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And instead, I, I worked myself into poor health, um, mm-hmm. mentally and physically, and just lost my way, really. 
Mm. Um, so so it petered out really. Yeah. In many ways. Um, yeah. Now and you're you're now you're passionate about helping entrepreneurs, you know, with their mental health and and helping them kind of guide them through that. Um, so is this what made you so interested in helping other entrepreneurs with their mental health? No, I mean, I'd always been interested in supporting entrepreneurs generally. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'd got involved in quite a few campaigns that did it when when the business was going through it. So the sort of height of its success and everything, I was I was asked to, to join some high profile uh, um, teams supporting other entrepreneurs either mm -hmm. in the UK or in Europe. And that was, you know, I find that was so inspirational going and talking to other entrepreneurs and a bit you know or budding entrepreneurs helping yeah. them get off the ground whatever you know incredibly rewarding so mm -hmm. i loved it so that existed i mean you know well how long ago is that now? a long time ago <laughs> um, ever since yeah the, the mm -hmm. mental health thing yeah i mean i think that came more from my writing in a way mm. in that i you know a lot of, particularly the, uh, the first couple of years I was writing after the business, a lot of it was very reflective of, mm -hmm. you know, yes, I did that. That was okay. You know, where did that go wrong? Um, you know, I wonder if other entrepreneurs would agree with that. What could, you know, I really was so ignorant about that. What's a better way of doing this? And, you know, and, and I got caught up into that whole exploratory thing. Which, which surprised me um, in many ways because I thought I'd just not want to know, but I didn't. Yeah. Uh, and mental health was certainly part of that. Mm -hmm. And I got, if purely by chance, I wrote, was writing a, an article for Medium uh, for um, one of the sort of mental health publications in there. And I'd come across, uh, which, I mean, it's the only time I've written written for them, I have to say, but, but I came across a, a lot of research and a lot of stats about mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and mental health. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, you know, this is something people are not talking enough about. Yeah. Uh, so, so I started writing about it. And it was one of the things that, that people now, you know, sort of know me as, as being prepared to talk, talk about. Because mm -hmm. I mean, you may well be aware of all this, but maybe not all your listeners are. There, are, there is extensive research, and I've done, that entrepreneurs are actually more prone to mental health challenges mm -hmm. yeah. um, for lots of reasons than mo most of the rest of us people, um, coupled with the fact that, of course, they're under massive stress, and they are often less happy than the self-employed group because of the mm. um, pressures involved. Mm -hmm. So you've got a lot going on, which is potentially, and of course, we're workaholics if we're not careful too, so we get exhausted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, all that. But it's mm -hmm. all part of the same makeup, isn't it? We're, we're sort of pretty all or nothing type of people if we're not mm -hmm. careful. You know, so, so yeah, I think there's a lot of risk with entrepreneurship to your mental health unless you recognize it. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, we have this vision. And I think while it's good that we talk about mental health generally now, I think we're expected to look after everybody who works for us and observe their mental health. But nobody says, hold on, what about the boss at the top? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
They do well, not. Well, no. unless you curate a, a, a company that has those values, um, with, with our company, Creative Global, we're constantly, we're on Microsoft Teams and we're always building each other up. If, it, if anything exciting happens, we always celebrate it. And I think that's missing in a lot of businesses these days. Mm-hmm. It's like the, right. the, cele- the celebration of success every single day, landing a client, you know, doing, doing a, a little small something, whether it's, you know, something that you've been putting off for a couple of months as an entrepreneur sometimes that happens and then you're like finally I got this done and you can celebrate that with your staff and they'll support you because they understand the struggle that you've been going through in the last couple of months like I need to get this done I need to get this done but only you can do it but I need to get this done and then finally you get it done well big problem too with the mental health for entrepreneurs is as entrepreneurs, we want to make it seem like we've got it all together because yeah. we're yeah. we're, we're the you know, leaders. Yeah, we're starting this business. We're confident about it, and it, we better dang well make sure that everything goes Absolutely. right. You know, or else we're going to look like failures. And then the people that are following us are going to realize that we don't really know what we're doing, and exactly. we're just kind of winging it and figuring it out as we go. Melissa and I yeah. were literally just talking this morning about how our business we're building it as we go like we're we're figuring out the little intricacies as we go yes we have a vision we have goals yeah. and whatnot but Training and yeah, background but, but the th- but the things we don't know we just don't know and this is the same with every entrepreneur i was gonna say it is the same that's normal <laughs> yeah yeah and you just have to figure it out as you go along and, and for absolutely. some people that could cause some serious mental anguish mm-hmm. if they're in a, a constant state of uncertainty yeah, I mean, I think if you can't cope with a degree of uns- uh, uncertainty, entrepreneurship might not be for you, to be honest, because, the, I mean, that just is, it's part of the package, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it, it sure really is. is. Uh, we we uh, listen to um, a lot of speakers who talk about this, and one in particular is Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's being comfortable with the unknown. Right. Uh, yeah. So many people want to plan their lives completely, and, and they're only going the directions where they know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We like to live our lives in a way that's like, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're open to whatever's going to come our way, mm-hmm. and we're going to keep moving forward as we see fit, whatever that may look like. And if you can adapt that mentality as an entrepreneur, it's going to take a lot of stress off of you because then you don't have to know what's going to happen five yeah. years from now, 10 years from now. You can, you can, you have like, a goal yeah. and you can plan, but that could be ever changing. It could be fluid. And wherever Absolutely. your life takes you, you just kind of roll with it it's like, like a, a river. river. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and obviously, your chances of surviving are, are much better if you're fluid. But I think. You know, it's doing something like you did of going into the jungle, you know, and facing fear is a tremendous prep for Mm -hmm. um, upping upping your resilience. It's anything that gets you out of your comfort zone. I mean, not everybody can do that for whatever reason. But, you know, trying something different every day, trying something new every day, Mm -hmm. which you thought you hated. Yeah. um, You know, all that sort of stuff gets you more used to uh, doing new Life. things being in new situations <laughs> yeah. less fearful yeah and, and preferably something that you thought you couldn't do or, or or you will encounter something that you're afraid of yes I love that because we live our life every day like that and mm-hmm. you know speaking of of 
you being young, you wanted to be a writer. Now you are actually an author. Yeah. Um, and you Took released your first, you have, <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes you have to build those experiences and build those life lessons in order to teach it. Yep. Um, and you have definitely done that with running a multi-million dollar business, selling, you know, doing, doing everything that you've done in life and starting off at the kitchen table, you know, mm -hmm. with, with small kids, it's, it's so impressive. And we just want to commend you for doing your life in the way that you have. It's, I know that there's been twists and turns and it's been ups and downs, but you know, here you are and now you are an author and it's something that goes back to your childhood that you wanted to be a writer. This mm -hmm. is what your passion. And now you have, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your first book and maybe some tidbits on your second book that's coming out? Absolutely. Happy to. I mean, the first book I, I was talking earlier about how uh, post, post walking away from that business, my initial thought was to retire. And then I started going down a reflective route generally. And I, at the same time, I was thinking what I really miss is, is writing articles for various um, publications. Sort of, and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, had, I was writing sort of, well, quite a few, but one regularly every, every couple of weeks or so for a business publication. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I miss that so much. And I'm thinking I should miss my business, but I don't. But I do miss <laughs> writing, and that told me something. And also, I missed entrepreneurship, I guess, and other entrepreneurs because it's a, it's a very, you know, we talk a lot about um, you know sort of finding your tribe and and this sort of thing. Or, or you, we did. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's still fashionable oh, yeah. or okay to say, but it, it is a sort of fit or don't fit sort of thing. Entrepreneurs, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you know. It, it, from talking to others if if this is for you or not right it's 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 a you know um it, it's the best way I can describe it and you know I just missed being a part of that so I thought you know uh, writing about entrepreneurship is mm -hmm. is probably the best thing way I can combine everything and at the same time hopefully help one or two people along the way growing or starting businesses and possibly not making the, at least the same mistakes as I made making yeah. my own I'm sure but you know um so so it came out of that and the first book I was I was very interested in you know the problems of fast growth because mm -hmm. um, more and more companies were wanting to go that route after all and what, you know, I'd gone through it and found it terribly hard and lots of things I didn't like about it. So I started to get myself fascinated by, you know, was it just me? Is this hard mm -hmm. for other people? Mm -hmm. Talking to entrepreneurs who had done it successfully and, you know, gone the whole way up. Only to find that, in fact, it, it is a thing. It's another thing that's not talked about as much. You know, we hear startups are so hard there's all this failure rate but um there's an entrepreneur who did did work in silicon valley for a time he's actually british back here now but called stephen kelly mm -hmm. and he calls that leap from one to ten million the death valley of businesses mm. um which is pretty and he, he knows a lot about business 
Um, so, so you know, it's a pretty frightening statement that you have to sort of stand back and think, wow, this is a thing in a big way. Mm. This, is, this is where you move from having a small group of people, maybe under 10, everybody knows what's going on. You know, it's all very, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. into creating a, a separate enterprise that you can deliberately create fun, but everything has to be much more intentional mm-hmm. yeah, um, and much more systemized and, and it has to separate from you. Mm. Um, and all those things are not easy, not easy at all. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was the first, the first book, which for me was a journey and I wrote it, I got it about half written and then thought, Oh, I need such a thing as a publisher. <laughs> um, was lucky enough to get one. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, Bloomsbury bought that out, but just at the beginning of pandemic. Mm. So it was it was curious, you know. I was I was doing last minute editing and thinking that the world's changing. You know, yeah. it's going to be current even. Mm-hmm. And I think it is. I think it's okay. I think there's a lot of basic business truisms about growth, particularly mm-hmm. that still exist. But um, and and you know, tips about what what it takes to be a good leader, or you know, how to find finance or or whatever. But equally, I could see that there were a lot of things that I wanted to say, and a lot of important subjects coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that I wanted to talk about through the last two or three years that, that were sort of new stuff in many ways. Yeah. Um, I know with the pandemic and everything that is shifted to, we've actually, all of our employees are remote now. You know, we're remote and a lot think, of businesses absolutely. have gone to yeah. towards the remote way. <laughs> and, absolutely. you know, it's, it's, it's so, um, it's actually refreshing. I love yeah. that you don't have to sit in traffic for an hour and go into the city and sit in traffic an hour at night and go back home. Um, it, it makes well, life I do life. too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but of course, it's not for everybody and people also struggle with it. They think, you know, but, but all their people will love it and then find they don't and or they have to manage hybrid culture mm-hmm. and those things are, you know I mean both of us talked talked about in my new book because as you say it's it's something that's a much bigger issue mm-hmm. than it was pre-pandemic for, right. for business leaders to get their heads around right and it's it's reading books and it's and it's really putting everything together in order to be the best leader and the best entrepreneur that you can be because when you read books other people have experienced exactly what you're going through yeah so when you read something then you're say oh okay i will learn from their mistake and i will do it a little bit differently because that's what we want for our future leaders we want them to do things better than we can i tell yeah. my staff that all the time i want you to be better than i i will be Mm-hmm. definitely oh without a doubt and and as you say I think you really do learn tremendous amounts from other people I mean I know I always learn most from peer groups um very much so and, and it's something I use <coughs> with my writing I mean for um staff for success the new one mm-hmm. has um anecdotes from about 70 entrepreneurs I think um across the globe <coughs> to to share that knowledge of on every point going 
um, you know, and it, it creates such a wealth of knowledge that one person couldn't possibly produce on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the problem is so many people in business are, um, they're too, uh, they're afraid to bring better people around them because they're too insecure about their position. Yeah, and their I, ego yeah. gets in the way. I've always lived That's my life true. saying, if I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> I, I don't want to be the best. I want to surround myself with people that are better than me. So then I can raise to their level instead of just constantly pulling people up to my level mm-hmm. and my level may not be high enough. I want to get people that are way above me so I can just keep pushing and pushing and pushing myself yeah. to be the best person that I am. And what people need to realize is the only person in this world that you're in competition with is you. Like you, you have to stop and change your mindset from, mm-hmm. from being, I'm in competition with everybody. If they win, then I lose. We yeah. we have to break away from that mentality as a society. Everybody is capable of winning here. And you just have to keep pushing yourself to be better and better and better each day and compete with yourself because otherwise you're going to waste your time and not not accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Yeah. And it starts with habits. It starts with just small things like changing your habits every single day and reading books, reading, learning from mentors, learning from coaches, learning what they did and how that they are successful. And we love that you're sharing your story with us because Mm -hmm. you have success in your life and we, and, and it's, it's also through failures and it's also through, you know, struggles, but you're able to be here with us and share your stories with us. So we love that. Yeah. And would you uh, just let our listeners know what the title of your book that's currently out is and where they can find that? Absolutely. I mean, now it's the new year, it's, it's new book. So the new one is called Start for Success. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to say that it, it's f- for people who are thinking of starting and for people who've already started very much so, mm-hmm. because it's it's still talking about getting foundations right, which is, you know, as, as you, we were all saying earlier, you know, the bits you learn all the way along the line. And so it's still that reinforcing all the bits that you might not know if you're growing a business and particularly if you're growing quite fast. So, um, yeah, start for success. And it's, I mean, you, in the States, you can do Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um, oh. or leap on the website. Um, but, uh, but the big ones all have it. Awesome. Yeah. I love, I love that title because if you don't start, you'll you're, never be successful. You'll never, you'll never Absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, I know I briefly (coughs) talked about this earlier about how we stop and we celebrate and we need to do that as entrepreneurs. We need to do that in our personal lives Mm -hmm. every single day. Um, So we would like to publicly celebrate your successes. And I know the book is a huge one. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a huge celebration in itself. But is there any celebrations that you would like to publicly announce on the podcast today with us so we can help celebrate with you? Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm always tremendously proud of my son. Um, mm. You know, I guess, you know, I celebrate. I, he's he's just amazing. The, the way he, you know, like Jessica was talking about, trying to be a bet, better person mm-hmm. and learn more and grow more every day. You know, he's done all sorts of exciting things, which, of course, weren't around, um, you know, when I was young um, and, and pushed himself to do strange things from... Um, some of which were risky and I could skip over as a mother, but I'm proud of him doing it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'd, I'd always celebrate him. 
That's so we amazing. That. We yeah. love that so much, you know, because when you stop and celebrate for yourself, it's a different kind of celebration. When you stop and celebrate for someone else, yeah. it just makes your life and, and living so much more rewarding because you're giving them the gratitude and we love that. Yeah. So where can our listeners find and connect with you and follow what you're doing? Well, I would love them to find me, connect with me. By all means, drop me an email. I'm on jancavell.co.uk. And actually, at this moment in time, I just mentioned the book launches um, the 25th. Mm -hmm. But awesome. if any of your, thank you. Um, if, if any of your uh, listeners are interested, we're doing a sort of rather special little thing for the launch, which is if you sign up and join in our launch um, festivities, which mm -hmm. will involve a bit of sharing and trying to get the hashtags going and all the usual sort of stuff, you get invited to our private launch party, um, oh, which wow. is virtual. And oh. we have some amazing speakers and all sorts. Oh, that so sounds really involved. We're definitely signing up. And yes. of course, we're going to get Excellent. the book, Jan, whenever it comes Fabulous. out. So. We'd love to see you there. We've got, like I say, we've got some very special speak people speaking. Fantastic. We can't wait for that. Yeah. And it, it, when is that launch party going to That will be on the 25th. On, on the 25th. We're having two that day so that we can do all the time scales, so, you know, for everybody. So, so. Um, Ooh, that'll be a busy time. day. <laughs> it's a two hours save time. So you'll be all right. Yeah. Perfect. So everybody that's listening, make yeah. sure you head over to jancavell.co.uk mm -hmm. and sign up to be one of the people that gets to be at this release party. At the release party. Because, man, that's so so exciting. It, it's funny because we we get to do release parties with certain things. You know, I'm a musician, so every mm -hmm. time I drop awesome. an album, I mm -hmm. I do a release party. Melissa, when she did Naked and Afraid, she did a huge release release party for mm -hmm. that episode. Deadly and, so, and always yeah. have release parties with everything yeah, that with her comes books out. yeah and so it, it's always so great to gather the people around you even virtually that are supporting mm -hmm. you and just to to see the faces of the people that are are behind you yes. and so we just want to champion you and cheer you on for everything that you're doing thank you. and thank you for the wisdom that you're giving to everybody and just tell you how much we appreciate that thank you so much i can't tell you how much I appreciate your kind words and being here today. Oh, and is there any final advice that you would like to give, not only just entrepreneurs, but in life? I think, oddly enough, I mean, I was thinking about this before I came on. And, of course, I, we didn't know what we were going to say in advance. Mm -hmm. But, oddly enough, I wrote down something which has been really relevant to all our chats. So, I would say that if you're frightened about things... It, it's only going to be things that really matter to you if you're hesitant still about doing them, mm. because otherwise you wouldn't bother. You'd walk away and forget it. Mm. So if something matters to you enough to be a little bit afraid of doing it, then that is going to be worth doing. So make sure that's the one you face up to your fears about. Oh, I ah, love that. Love that. That's yeah. exactly our mantra. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes I've ever read, I was driving through Charleston, South Carolina. And I saw it on a billboard and I, it said, be afraid, but do it anyway. 
And that, yeah. that spoke to me so incredibly because there's many times where I, there's something in my life that I want to do and I'm a little scared to do it. But whenever I do it anyway, I'm always, yep. always glad that I did. Yes. So thank you for those beautiful words, Jan. We love it. Thank you so much for being here and being part. Now you are officially part of the Reimagined Success family. <laughs> yes. If there's anything that you ever need from us, we're definitely going to be sharing your book and we'll be at the launch party on the 25th. We can't wait. I look forward to seeing you there. That's absolutely lovely. And I'm so grateful for your time. Thank, well, thank you, you so much. So much. And thank you for your time. Yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. Look forward to it. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. I'm so glad that we get to have people on the podcast that we get to learn from oh, yes. every single week. And and I love that Jan is very like-minded with, you know, fear. Fear will stop you in your tracks. Yep. And you if if just like she said, if something scares you, if you're a little bit of afraid of it, then you should be doing it. Yeah. You will get out of your comfort zone. I'm, I'm not saying to jump off a bridge or do something <laughs> really crazy, but if there's something that presents itself and maybe you've been asking for it, or maybe you, you, there, there's a saying that I've always said, you know, if, if you're like, oh, I'm not patient, you know, I really need to learn patience. And then all of a sudden there's an opportunity that presents itself so you can learn some patience. And if you, do, if you ignore it and you don't do it, you're never going to learn the thing that you want to learn. Right. But if you, if you seize that opportunity and you go for it, you're slowly going to start learning patience. And then all of a sudden you're a very patient person. It's the same thing with entrepreneurship. It's the same thing with anything in life. If you want to do it, if you want to get out of your comfort zone, if you want to tackle something and be something greater than you were yesterday, get out of your comfort zone and tackle that fear. Yeah. And while you're tackling your fears, look to people like Jan that have these amazing resources that you can grab and, and to read and to check out because it's only going to help you on your journey to be more successful. Yeah. And we, our goal here at Reimagine Success is to see every one of you be as successful as possible, however that looks to you. Yes. You know, our definition of success is going to look way different than yours. So mm -hmm. always remember that you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You know, we talk about this. This is our tagline. You know, you, you be you, yeah. you do what's good for you, but do it with all of your heart and chase it with all of your strength, because that's the way that it's going to happen. And you're going to be happy in life and realize that things are, you know, going according to the way that you plan them to. And be passionate, be passionate about everything that you're doing in life. And if you would like to join us, we're going to be at Jan's uh, uh, inaugural book party book release yeah. book relief mm -hmm. party uh on the 25th of january so make sure that you're there as well we'd love to see some some friendly faces uh, reach out to us if anything that has inspired you uh, if there's anything that motivates you reach out to us at reimagine success pod at gmail.com or on any of our social media platforms at reimagine success pod or yeah. at melissa lee ellen or music jesse b and also, don't forget, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash creativeglobal. You can get all the behind-the-scenes footage, extra interview moments. So after – what you may not know is after we get done with our interview, we always talk to our guests a little bit longer. And we add all of that to the Patreon as well. So don't miss out on that extra content because some really great nuggets are shared after the interview ends. So 
patreon.com slash creative global for just five dollars a month you can get all the bonus content yep and we love you guys we are so thankful for all your support we are in almost 50 countries worldwide and thank you to hungary for being the one of the top 50 podcasts for entrepreneurship we are so excited for all of our countries so thank you very much for listening tuning in every single week we are so excited to have you as part of the reimagine success family and with that this has been a creative global podcasting production Did you get motivated? Do you feel inspired? Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses anymore. And don't forget to celebrate your successes every single day. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Reimagine Success Pod. Email us at reimaginesuccesspod at gmail.com and let us know what your successes are. Head over to patreon.com slash creative global for bonus and behind the scenes content. New episodes every Thursday at reimaginesuccesspod.com or your favorite podcast streaming platform. So let's change our mindsets and reimagine success.